Hello, and welcome back to Character Speaks, a podcast in partnership with ProSign Design to spotlight passionate character educators who are walking the talk. I'm your host, Barbara Gruner, and today I'm pretty excited to have with me a lead learner, elementary principal, father, and husband up in Missouri, Dr. Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being with us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I've been following you on Twitter for a while, and I'm, I'm pretty excited for you to share out all of the ideas that I've kind of scripted, but let's go ahead and start with the cliche. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm fairly new to education. Actually, I've um, been in the game about eight years. So compared to a lot of people, I know you've interviewed and talked to. I'm I would consider myself a newbie. Um, but I started off teaching fifth grade. I did that for four years, and then have been in an administrative role now four years as well. So I did two years as an assistant principal, and then this is my second year as lead principal here in the Winsville School District in Missouri. Um, we are a large school district in the suburb of St. in a suburb of St. Louis. So, um, my school we have around 700 students, K through six, and have a dynamic staff um, and just an excellent place to work. So again, this is my second year, and this is a building that is just I would say innovative and excited about teaching, and just a great place to be. And so myself, I am an avid reader. Um, I believe in being a lifelong learner and just going, thinking outside the box and being bold in everything that we do. And so that's a little bit about myself. I could go on, but um, I'm a father, a husband, uh, and a man of faith. So a little bit about myself. I don't know if that's what you need, but that's who I am. Okay. And so let me ask you this. What's your why? My why? My, you know, that is something that I've been really thinking about lately. And that's, so it's really cool that you're asking that, but going through my doctorate, I had to write um, an I believe statement. And that was the most important thing that I think I've done um, as a student myself was that I believe statement. And I have used that now um, both years, starting the first day of school with the staff um, reading that, because I think vulnerability and transparency is so important as a leader too. But um, my, I believe statement, which is my why is all about um, making sure that students, all students have a chance and knowing that there is somebody out there that believes in them because I think that everyone has to have that one person who believes in them. And so my goal as an educator, as a leader is to be that one person for somebody. And so making sure that every kid has that somebody in their life who believes in them and that no matter what circumstances come their way, being that person that is pushing for them and having the empathy, but also that high expectation no matter what. So I think that's a hard thing to do, but making sure we have that balance and with empathy, still having those high expectations. So my why is um, making sure that we don't have labels on people, but um, just pushing and making sure we all have that chance and opportunity. That would be my why. So do you think that's what drives those awesome, awesome office visits and your phone calls and texts home? It's hard to say, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Yes, absolutely. I am, you know, at first that started as a way to just encourage that principal student relationship. Um, Because I know as a student, I, you you thought of the principal as 
even people of different generations, we think of the principal as the, um, oh, I don't want to go to the principal's office kind of thing. And we want that to be different here at Pioneer Ridge. And I know most principals now, that's the goal. You know, we don't want that to be the bad place to go. Um, and I got the idea actually from um, people on Twitter and different places, Todd Nesloni and different people. Um, but yeah, we, we the point of that was it come here because it's a positive place to be. And also just to make sure that we are showing the positive in each kid and making sure that they can be celebrated for the great things that they're doing. And we definitely make it a thing that um, we don't celebrate just the norm, you know, not just the things that you should be doing every day because that's just what people do. But the things that are going out of the box and going, you know, a little above and beyond the expected behaviors and going a little bit out of, you know, their comfort and showing good character and kindness and being good because it's something that, you know, is a little extra and making someone feel special. So that's the things that we're celebrating with those awesome offices. Um, and so making sure that we are finding those moments to celebrate with kids. And so making sure they're highlighted. And so if you had a kid who was consistently making D's or C's or, you know, maybe even just making bad choices and it's not grade related, your teachers know that as they grow, they would also be celebrated? Absolutely. Yes. Um, first of all, if they're making C's and D's and having those behaviors, we have to be reflective as educators and find out what are we doing, first of all. Um, are we helping those kids and are we using those moments as teachable moments and are we helping them along the way? But yeah, I think any growth that we see in kids, um, and even myself as a leader, if I see any growth in educators or mm. teachers, how are we celebrating those moments? Because, you know, with teachers, we have to see growth in them as well. And so, and myself as a leader, you know, I have, my, I have mentors that I go after, that I find, and, you know, I hope that if they see growth in myself, that they are also celebrating those moments. I think as humans, we all want to be celebrated. And so, um, anytime that we can find those moments to celebrate with people and with kids and that we should be doing that. So, you know, when I lose four or five pounds, I still feel wonderful about that. Just like if I lose 30 pounds. So, um, weight loss is a big thing for me right now. So, yeah. so anytime that we can celebrate anything that they're doing. So if a kid, you know, finally my daughter right now, she's in first grade and she just passed a sight word list, you know, she's an excellent student, but still to her, that sight word list was a big, a milestone for her. So anything that we can celebrate, we want to make sure that we're doing that here at Piney Ridge. So absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Now, I did see on your Twitter feed um, a, a welcome to school pep rally, and it actually looked like a celebration. I don't know if that's something you filmed or something that you found, but help me out with is just coming to school a celebration? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we um, I, I am a, such a fan of. Twitter. And it's, it's crazy because I didn't realize how amazing social media could be for a school and for an educator. Um, and for a principal, I, I was so inspired. I went to Ron Clark Academy last year. Oh, lucky. Oh, I mean, Oh goodness, that man in that school. So I went, uh, cause the teacher here was like, you have to go and check it out. So I took several staff members and we went and then from that moment, I don't know what it was, but he mentioned something about if you're not on Twitter, you're an idiot. You know, I don't know if you know him, but the way he talks, he can get the, he can get away with it. And so I thought, well, I must be an idiot because I have an account, <laughs> but <laughs> I have an account, but I've never actually utilized it for anything. So it was just a year ago I got on there and started kind of dabbling. And then this summer, I really started using it and um, connecting with people. And then I sent some teachers to get your teach on. And they had a National Rock Your School Day last week. And so 
that's what that was that you saw. We actually um, you took that whole day and it was all about showing people what educators truly do now. And so here at Piney Ridge, I mean, our teachers are so innovative. And when I think of innovative, I think of, you know, teachers doing, teaching the normal standards, but making it just so engaging for kids that they don't even realize that they're learning, you know, that they're just having so much fun with it, but they're getting the content as well. And so that day, that's what Hope and Wake King wanted people to do. They really wanted to show what we do. So they wanted you to like flood social media with that. So that day we um, got with our high school and they came out and had um, their drum line and their cheerleaders and all that welcoming our students. And that all of our teachers did room flips and just made that whole day about innovation and showing what we do here at Piney Ridge on the daily, but also just going a little bit extra with it. And so that's what you saw in that video. So it we just were just celebrating that and showing everybody what we do. Like so much fun. And I firmly believe that fun is our ticket to engagement and was just so curious about that clip because, I mean, I think your texts said something like, you know, let's let's show what this school is all about. And I just thought, okay, that's the kind of school that you want to go to. Yeah, it's all about and I feel like social media is all about sharing your story. And we didn't we didn't do that here before. You know, we we kept it within our four walls and we've always done really great things. And even before I was here, they were always doing great stuff. And but we never shared it with anybody, you know, and I think that's what so cool with social media. Social media is being able to share that story with people. Hey, look what we're doing. And I'm so lucky that the people that I've connected with are so willing to say, hey, here's some cool ideas. You should go try this. You know, and I think it's all about being able to share that those ideas with other people and saying, here's a cool idea we thought of. And um, can I steal it from you? And, you know, and being able to do that. And it's just cool a cool way of sharing and making sure people know what's happening and getting people involved. And, and even through it, like our parents are now wanting to see what's going on and just more involved in everything. And so it's, it's a cool way of getting kids excited, um, parents excited and keeping the momentum going. So it's cool. It sounds like you're also doing passion projects there. Yeah. So um, again, in any way that we can to get kids excited about what's happening and with passion projects, it's, it's making sure that kids feel valued and that their voice is heard, you know, um, and with passion projects, you can, it can be the basic, what I, what I've talked about with teachers is you don't want it to be just a show and tell, you know, so how can you incorporate that into the daily content and what we're doing? And so our, our teachers are utilizing it in writing and they're utilizing it in presentation mode and things like that. So how can we show, share their voices and what they love and the things that they do outside of school and incorporate that with what they're doing here. So we've had, te- you know, kids bring in things like their sports and things like that, and then teach other kids about their sport and even do demonstrations or ballet or, you know, instruments and things like that. And it's, it's a cool way to start the school year because it allows teachers to learn about the student, also learn about their presentation skills their soft skills things like that, but then also gives the, the students opportunities to learn about one another and get that community, that class community and that environment already established. And you can kind of see who your, you know, your ed- extroverts are, your introverts, um, who your leaders are right away and things like that. So it's a cool way of um, learning about your kids and then also learning from your kids. So it sounds really magical. And I saw something again on Twitter that you posted about collaborative 
collaboration and the magic. Would, would you say it kind of promotes that collaboration? And, and what do you mean by magic? Well, I think that um, if you have, you know, collaboration is such a tricky word because I feel like true collaboration is when we're challenging one another, you know, and I think collaboration is that moment that you're able to sit at a table or whatever, wherever your, your purpose is, but wherever you are and be able to have those conversations, even as adults or with kids or whatever, and have those conversations that are challenging one another and saying, you know, I hear you, but have you thought of it this way? Or you did this, I wonder if this would be a better option and be able to challenge one another and be able to accept that challenge or see it a different way. And so I think when you're able to get to that moment, um, especially as adults, I think even it's harder for mm-hmm. us, but as adults, if you're able to do that um, and then model that for students and then students are able to start having those conversations and truly that accountable talk, because we have partnerships a lot in schools, you know, and you see like the flexible seating and they're, they're talking, but is it truly accountable talk? And are they truly um, questioning one another? And are they challenging one another. And if you really see that start happening, that's where I feel like the magic of collaboration is happening. And that's when the learning's happening. Um, because a, a lot of times I find in observations or just in adult collaboration time, it's more of that just, well, here's what I did. And then the next person starts talking about what they did. And so until you have that challenge and that um, accepted challenge and things like that, I don't feel like the magic is truly happening. So you're really talking about the idea of critical friends, like from Rick Dufour's work. Yes. Yes. That's the right way to say it. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you're doing that in PD too, I think, because I see that you're doing Flipgrid book talks. Can you share about that? Yes. So again, through Twitter, I learned about Flipgrid. So um, Flipgrid, again, I, I believe that as teachers, we have to model what we're asking kids to do. And I've learned that, you know, we were asking kids, you know, we're saying 21st century learners, but really we skipped over the whole like 20th century. <laughs> so like we still have teachers walking around, even myself, I'm not saying teachers, even myself walking around with notepads and taking notes, you know, and which is, not, there's nothing wrong with that. However, we're asking kids to be more, you know, innovative and use technology and all these things. So Flipgrid, I thought it was a way to start getting teachers a little bit more comfortable with something because Flipgrid is such an easy tool to use. And it's it's a really neat way of having conversation and just getting teachers and adults used to using some technology. So we um, the with my new teachers, the first one I did was we did um, the energy bus um, and we used that. And that's the first way we did book talks. So with the, with the staff. And so I post some questions and then we just talk back and forth. And it's a cool way to communicate about a book and then not just be, um, which I think with Pat Padlet's wonderful. Padlet kind of stresses me out though, because it's a little messier. <laughs> so I'm a little um, OCD about things. So Flipgrid is a nice way to do it. And then now even our sixth grade group, because here at Piney Ridge, we um, our sixth grade, um, they rotate classes and stuff. So they're not in, you know, they're not in the class together. So this way, the teacher is using the book, and now all 100 kids get to collaborate on the book and have book talks that way instead of just being the 25 in each class. So it's a great way of getting all 100 kids to have collaboration and talk about it instead of just the 25 in their class. And so my goal is then to take that, you know, and have, hopefully get book pals and things like that across different schools in the district and then hopefully even globally 
and go further with that because that's something that we have not done here that I think would be wonderful that I know I've learned from Twitter and other places. They do that way more. And um, that's something I hope that we would start doing here at Pine Ridge as well. Something else I saw you say was mean it or don't say it. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a lot of things, Barbara. (laughs) Well, that seemed pretty bold, but I liked it. So I wrote it down and I want you to, to speak to that. You know, I, um, yes, I did say that. <laughs> because so, kids see right through it was your yes, point. That, that was my point when I said that. And I, I think that with a lot of things. So I'm a very, um, and my staff will tell you right away, and, I, and I'm learning, I am learning as a new principal to, to watch what I say <laughs> as well, because um, I am a very bold person. And um, I tend to just say what I think a lot of times, which is a good quality, I feel like, but also... I, I'm working on that. That's one of my faults. I do think it's important to know our faults. Um, but I do believe that with kids are very intuitive people, um, probably a lot better than some of us as adults. And I think that a lot of times, you know, you hear a lot of the like fake it till you make it thing or, and I just think with kids, you can't do that. And so Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times we say things, um, just hoping to get by. And I think with kids, just don't do that. So just, if you're not going to do something, just don't say you're going to, (laughs) or if you say something, just mean it. So if you say, I love you kids or whatever, um, then actually mean, mean what you're saying behind it. So, you know, or you hear the word, you hear a lot of times, okay, friends, you know, if you don't really mean friends behind it, don't call them your friends. So, that's what I meant by that. Um, I just think that a lot of times we say words just because they're nice words, you know, just like when we say, I love pizza or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk to my daughter who's in first grade a lot. Okay. such a beautiful word. So let's not throw it around for pizza. And that's just a, a simple example I use for my daughter. Um, so if you love pizza, that's great. Go ahead and love pizza. But what I mean is for her, I, that's just a word I try to say. That, that's, such a, that's such a big word. That's such beautiful meaning. Like let's, use that for our family or let's use that for, you know, things that you truly have love for. So with kids, I think that we just need to really, let's be vulnerable, a little bit more vulnerable and a little bit more transparent with our feelings because they see a lot, they see through us. That's there. Sorry. It took a long way to get there. That's right. (laughs) I thought it was a really strong thought. And I thought, you know, earlier on, you said that you love to be transparent and that it's all about vulnerability. And so it just seems like, you know, they're going to hold us accountable whether they tell us they are or not. And so if we want to be honest with them, then, you know, it's like the people who say, let's do lunch. And, and you could kind of like agree and you know, that which ones you're actually going to get a lunch out of the deal. Correct. Mm-hmm. And and as I get older, I, I, I like that less and less because I think it's well-intentioned, but it doesn't feel honest. If I really can you know, pinpoint which which people will say that to me and which people will actually follow through. And, it, and it's a give and take. It's both of us, of course, but you know, which ones really mean it. And, um, and that just feels more honest. Right. And, I, and, and teachers, like we all, I do know that teachers all have good intention. Like, you know, that's, that's something we all, like we all have good intention. And when we say things, we, again, have good intention, but I just, kids, again, they just know. And so unless 
things are going to happen behind those words. I think we just have to be just be more intentional with our words, I think. And the, the word intentional is like, I pick a word every year to have and like intentional is my word. And so I think maybe that's why I'm a little bit more hyper-focused on it right now because um, everything I do, I'm just trying to be more intentional with. So my time, my word choice, my the people I'm around, like just everything I'm doing, I'm trying to be a little bit more intentional. Um, so maybe that's why I'm just a little bit more thoughtful with it right now. So. Maybe next year I won't be, but right now that's what I'm doing. So, um, in character strong, we say intentions minus actions equals squat. <laughs> yes, and so that's Very that's well kind of right. Um, so, have you picked one word for a few years now? Yes, I have. So that is something that I learned from a mentor of mine. Um, so just picking a word that you feel like you need to be more um, focused on just to kind of give you focus. So like last year was choice. Um, and that was more about making the right choices for yourself. So, and your family, you know, for me, it was my family and the, everything that I did and making sure I take the right choices. So, um, so yeah, just picking one word that everything that I do, I kind of prioritize under that word. Yeah. It's, it's a really, it's a really good practice, I think. So you mentioned that you're a man of faith, and sometimes that's a, a little tricky, I think, in a public school, although without question, everybody has a spiritual side. Does that ever mm -hmm. trip you up trying to foster that spiritual side in the children and the staff and the stakeholders that you work with, but continue to honor that separation of church and state that we have to do in the public sector? Um, you know, it, for, you know, it doesn't, I don't feel like it does. I, um, you know, I know the boundaries, I know what's appropriate and I, you know, I keep that, I'm, I keep it appropriate, but I feel like I'm, I'm blessed in the fact that, um, I can be me, um, especially with my staff, like they all know who I am and what I believe. And, um, we're all very open here because I, I believe that I respect, um, everyone else too, and what they believe. And I'm a very open person. So um, again, I believe that you have to model what you ask of your teachers and your students. So um, I'm very open to everyone else. And um, I've told my story, like I said, from the very beginning of who I am, where I'm from and, you know, what I believe in. And so, and I want to know that about my staff members too. So if they're willing to share that with me, then I'm always open to listen to that. So mm -hmm. Um, I think because of that, it's, um, it's, all, it's all good. You know, I think that we um, share that with one another. So um, I do a Friday focus and that's just something that I, I write to my staff members. And a lot of the reason I do that was actually selfish reasons in the beginning was because I wanted to become a better writer. Um, that's something I've always struggled with. Um, I love to read. I've always been an avid reader. And so again, modeling that, you know, I, I share books all the time with kids and staff members, but writing was never something that I felt comfortable with. So um, I put that into my Friday focus. And, but then I started, you know, I write about my faith and things in there and that too. So it's just always been something I'm comfortable with here. Again, it's a little trickier with students. You know, I, I um, don't necessarily have those conversations with students as much, but they, again, um, it's not something I keep from them either. You know, it's, it's right. just, finding that balance. But with staff and stuff, it's definitely something we're open about. But again, I'm open about pretty much 
my life with them. So um, we have a really great community here in my school. And so um, that culture and climate here is one of um, openness and transparency. And of course, like any family, we have our, <laughs> our uh, moments, but um, right. it's, a, it's a cool place and a really cool vibe. So I don't, so far it's been, there hasn't been any problems with that. So it's, I feel blessed in that area. Well, it sounds like y'all have created a really nice climate of, of caring and collaboration. And um, man, if I get to Missouri, I'm going to look you up and try to visit. <laughs> Absolutely. We'd love that. Okay. This is the part where we switch to self-care because I heard you say you have a first grader. Um, it says yes. that, that you're um, on your Twitter profile, that you're also a husband, that you're a principal, that you're doing a lot of different things and going in a lot of different directions. How do you care for yourself? Yeah. So I, husband, dad, I've also a two-year-old. Um, (laughs) yeah. So balance is something I've always struggled with, to be honest with you. Um, and time for myself is something that I, I don't do, but I also don't feel like I need a lot. (laughs) I love to surround myself with people. So self-care is something that because of Twitter actually, and, um, people like you talking about it and, um, my counselors here are huge self-care people. Like they last year, every faculty meeting, they did self-care activities with all of us to try to promote that. So that's something I'm blessed with too. Um, just taking um, even moments throughout my day where I become a little stressed or because as you know, administration or teaching education in general, it's a, it's a tough job. And so making sure that I find when I need those moments throughout the day to do those things that I need, like taking a moment to walk outside or, uh, find a uh, alone space, you know, if there is one with 700 kids, but wherever I can just to have a moment, but I love to read. And I used to think because it was a professional book, it didn't count, <laughs> but that's what I enjoy. So um, taking that, you know, taking those and reading, I love to read. So that's something I do. Um, but also making sure that when I, and this is something I'm really working on, but when I'm home and I'm with my family and my girls, um, because I love my girls, when I'm with them, that I am present. And that is something that I'm really, really working on. Because with my job, I love it so much that I truly do think about it a lot, mm-hmm. like almost nonstop. So really working on being present um, with my family when I'm home. So that's something that I'm working towards. And then truly, to be really transparent, m- mindful, I'm just like, mindless TV. <laughs> I love, like, think I'm so glad the season's back. Like the good doctor. I watched that last night. I was so thrilled because a TV show was on that I can just watch it. Cause when I watch stuff like that, there is no thank you of work or anything else because my mind just goes to that. <laughs> so I had an hour last night of the good doctor and it was so nice because I didn't think about anything. So, um, that's really good for me. So, um, yeah, I just, I think, trying to be aware of it though is step for me. So if you're like me and you're not very good at it, I think the first step is being aware that you're not very good at it. And then trying to find something that you do enjoy. Cause I'm not a huge like hobby person. I did play golf for the first time last weekend with my friend who's been begging me for a couple of years and I did enjoy it. I did terrible, um, but I enjoyed <laughs> it. So who knows? That might be a new hobby mine that um, I'll pick up. We'll see. And I don't know who decides if it counts or not, but I think as long as it's feeding your soul, that it absolutely does count. And so I love that you're counting reading and even trying golf and even 
watching The Good Doctor, all of those things. And for sure being present, my, my, one of my favorite mindfulness mantras is just be where your feet are. And um, I, I yeah. observe too many people on digital media or social media or on their devices, and they're not where their feet are, which is where their babies are. And now that ours are grown, I have this appreciation for people, your time is limited. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's hard because you do, sorry, it is hard because you want to be, because like with Twitter, there are so many wonderful chats going on all the time and you do want to learn because you can learn from so many people and it's such a cool place, but you can't be a part of all of it because there's so many going on and you know, they're at nighttime when you're with your children and you just have to put it down. And so yeah. I've actually just learned to keep my phone in my car <laughs> because, oh, what a great yeah, strategy. because if I don't, it goes off and it's, and as a principal, I'm getting texts and emails all night. And so I've learned just, I keep my phone in the car until the babies are asleep. Um, and then I'll go get it because, you know, if I don't, I just, I'm not one that's good about not looking at it. So just a strategy that I've used because I don't want to miss out on the family just to, get a, you know, to yeah. answer an email or get on yeah, Twitter yeah. or as fun as they are, because I do love it now that I've gotten involved. Now that you're I, hooked. <laughs> I am hooked. I am so bad. I love it. Um, and I tell everyone at school, like, you guys got to get on. Like, you can learn so much. If I could have been on there as a teacher, I would have, oh, man, because yeah. I could have been doing. Um, but, yeah, it's important to be present, and that's something that I'm really working on. So so how great. can the people listening follow you, find you, grow with you, and then what might be next for you? So they can follow me on Twitter. It's um, Principal RLA. This is very simple. It's my initials, but it's Principal RLA. Um, and that's, on, that's the best way really through Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram, but it's under my school one right now. So principal RLA on Twitter. Okay. Um, and then next for me, you know, I'm very, for the first time in a very long time, because one of my faults also is being content. I am content in a very good way, um, here at my job and doing what I do. Um, I think for me next is continuing to, grow as a leader, grow as an educator and grow as a person and become finding out different ways to connect with the students here and really trying to learn from different people. Um, what I have found is that, and I didn't realize this until, until the age I am now, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm old or anything, but just, I've only learned from people that are like me. Um, and so what I am trying to do now is really learn from people who are different from me. And that's from reading different kinds of books and trying to get out of the box that I didn't even know that I was in and learn from people who are just different. And, uh, and that look, you know, different means people who just have different ideas, people who look different than me, people who, um, have a different religion and different background and just different opinions and, you know, and just trying to broaden who I am as a person, I think, so I can be a better leader and um, a better person in general. So, um, and then from there, just grow this school, you know, I want us to be um, the best that we can be for our kids. So um, that's what's, I don't know if that really answers the question, but that's what I hope it does. To be. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm striving to do. Um, and be the best leader I can for these kids. And so, and thankfully, you know, as I do that, it's also doing that for my own because they, I am so lucky that they go to my school. So 
um, I get to kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. So (laughs) that's, that's also a great blessing. Well, I want to thank you so much for your honesty and your beautiful reflections. Um, I want to remind people that this podcast is sponsored and supported by ProSign Design, a family-owned business dedicated to character, safety, and organization. I want to invite everybody to join us next week as we continue the conversation about character education, connections, and life. Thank you so much, Ryan, for carving out some time for us today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's such an honor to talk with you. And in the meantime, just want to remind you that character speaks.